there you amazing people welcome to love life lol by lia this is lia and i hope you're having an awesome day if in case you're new to this channel just a quick intro about what l3 stands for we stand for unrevealing unhiding call it whatever you want the raw the unspoken side of life as it happens if i may say we stand for and we talk about the ugly the beautiful truth of what we call as reality but trust me that's not it you guys we also talk about the fun the quirky the crazy stuff and if you relate to any of these things if you are as weird as i am stick around and you're going to love this journey today we're going to talk about child sexual abuse i know it's an intense topic but guys it needs to be addressed wikipedia defines child sexual abuse or child molestation as a form of child abuse in which an adult or an older adolescent uses a child for sexual stimulation child sexual abuse covers a range of illegal sexual activities including possessing images of child sexual abuse forcing a child to strip or masturbate engaging in any kind of sexual activity in front of a child including watching pornography encouraging a child to perform sexual acts on or off camera inappropriate sexual touching of a child or penetrative sex both boys and girls can be victims of sexual abuse but we have seen girls are more likely to be abused there can be n number of reasons for that one because girls can be overpowered easily and two because our society perceives boys as the strong dominant character so not a lot of boys come forward and say that they have been abused So what are the signs that a child is being sexually abused? Children don't often talk about sexual abuse because they think it is their fault. They guilt trip into not telling their parents what is happening with them or they have been convinced by the abuser that it is a norm in their life or it's their special secret. Children can also be bribed or threatened by the abuser or told that you won't be believed. Doesn't matter if you tell people, but who's going to believe you? Sometimes a child who's being sexually abused may care for their abuser and worry about getting them into trouble and thus not speak about it. So it falls upon us to keep an eye out and see if there is a child who is being abused. Just always be cautious and watch out for the signs. But before that we need to know what a child who's being sexually abused or sexually molested feels like and for that I have invited a dear friend of mine on this podcast today and we're going to speak to him about what his journey of going through abuse and then coming out of it was like over to yours Thank you so much Leah for having me on this panel and you know letting me share my experience and I believe you are doing a great thing by bringing out something that has been taboo for a long period of time and people have shied away from talking about this issue particularly because they will be shamed in the society and they will be hurled with profanities and and but I'm glad that you're taking this step forward and doing something great. Uh so uh for me my twist with abuse was uh not during the Uh, like early childhood but was during the teenage years and this was the first time when i left home and went to college it started with the death of a very dear friend who was a childhood buddy and and she met with an accident and this was my first month in college and uh, when this happened for like 15 20 days it was very difficult for me to process that something like that has happened and when it suddenly struck me i started fearing about my life like you know i started seeing things i started like you know uh, how should i put it like you know i started like feeling 
feeling that I am going to die. I started feeling that something is going to happen to me. There was this visuals of my parents crying and you know uh, me being away from them and dying at a place where nobody knows me. And during that period only, there were few people who came to know that uh, I was going through a tough time and uh, I wasn't able to sleep. I had lost appetite. I had lost a lot of weight and it was very visible on my face that something was wrong with me. So these guys came to me and you know they offered me that uh, since I had this room which I was staying alone I did not have a roommate they told me to shift with them because they had a bigger room and uh, so they told me till that time this semester is over why don't you come and stay with us and I agreed because I was tired of staying alone I was like I I was just thinking about death all the time I was just thinking about everything that could happen to me and and I was just falling into the like you know vicious cycle of waking up in the morning completely low and then not wanting to get out of the bed and and not even able to sleep and I accepted their offer and went to their room. Initial uh, few days were all right and they were kind, they were pleasant and you know I also started feeling better with them because it was somewhere diverting my mind and you know I was with the company and that obviously was giving me some kind of solace. After a few days things started changing like you know they started using me for work and you know get us food and like and trying to show that they have done a favor to me. And then it moved to hurling profanities, saying that I'm a sissy, I'm a, I'm a pussy and I, I'm not a man enough that I'm not able to face this kind of a situation. So what if your friend has died, people die all the time and you're not any special and, and uh, you're crying all the time like a girl. And in, uh, they started firstly like physically abusing me, hitting me. So I, I went to a psychiatrist during that time and uh, that was a mistake that I did because I wasn't aware that I should have gone to a counselor, I should have gone to a therapist first, but I directly went to the psychiatrist and this psychiatrist put me on the tranquilizers and I was supposed to take these tranquilizers after the dinner and uh, uh, every time I used to come back from food court after my dinner, I had taken my medicines and I used to feel really sleepy. They started hitting me and you know, and I was in my sedation I wasn't able to get up or do anything about it and uh, then uh, they started playing very 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 loud music near my ear so that I cannot sleep and they said that we're doing your favor because by doing this they will man me up I wasn't able to stand up for myself because I was so weak I was at, at my lowest and I had no self-respect left I had no self-esteem left and I kept staying in their room and that was hurting me more because I kept feeling guilty after every night that I'm not able to sta stand up for myself. Later I came to know every time I used to come back from dinner I used to find my mattress wet and every time I asked them why is my mattress wet uh, they told that pani gir gaya ya fir. but later like after after like one and a half year two years somebody came and told me that they used to pee on my mattress and it's on the same mattress that I used to sleep. <sighs> It like this was physical abuse. It went to the level of sexual abuse because once I told them that I want to drink, they got alcohol for me and I drank a lot. And I started crying because I started missing home. I started missing my friend who had passed away and I, I could not control my emotions. I started crying. And these people removed my clothes, made me completely naked and took videos of me and circulated in the college. And... Uh, I did not know they had done that because I was not in my senses. But I started seeing a change in people's behavior also. People who used to eat with me, people who used to sit with me. They also started like, you know, moving away. Every eye saw me with judgment and I could see that in every eye. I completely lost trust with people. And somehow this one month passed, I wasn't able to travel alone. I called my dad, told him that I'm fearing for the first time to travel through a flight because I feel my plane would crash. And everything that happened to me reminded me of accidents, plane crashes, death and everything like that. So I accepted the fact that I would not come 
come back to the place and when i went home i told my father that i'm not coming back he said like let's go home and we'll decide like whatever we want to do somehow when i came back my dad and my mom they contacted my friends and they came to live with me for a while and i'd not tell them what had happened to me but after talking to them i felt relieved and i just like you know spending time with them made me like feel a little better and then because the warden who was there like a chief warden he knew my dad i told my dad that i won't change my hostel and he got my room changed the entire block changed so i was not in the same building in which those guys were i never had an interaction with those people and even if we crossed paths they never said anything to me or i never said anything to them but even when i moved there i could see that during my second semester i wasn't able to cope up could not forget what had happened and i was homesick i was in complete shambles because I could not take a stand for me and I was never this person I was a very happy person in school I was a funny person in school like you know there always used to be friends around me we always used to laugh everybody was fond of me and suddenly there was this time that everybody was going away from me and it made me feel very lonely and also put me in the cycle of self victimization and keep thinking about it and during that time spirituality was one thing that kept me there it stopped me from falling down completely so that was my anchor i was holding on to and that was keeping me there and uh, during the same time what happened uh, there was a fest in christ university bangalore nobody from the first year used to get an opportunity for the fest somehow i cleared all the rounds in the college and i was selected because of this perception about me the seniors who went with me they, they knew that they had this image in mind that i was a problematic person and they were very cool to me for the entire journey they kept me treating like somebody like you know who's not a part of their entire tribe and and when i went there like they could not complete the rounds while i reached the semi finals that hit them hard that we are seniors and this guy is doing good and they did the same thing what those guys did they started abusing me calling me names and saying that you're a problematic person and things like that and even that time i could not control myself i caught the bus back to udupi and and reached manipal and informed my faculties and uh, my faculties they were charlatans they were very immoral people and wanted certain kind of people with class and with certain kind of standards to be with them or to to get every opportunity and when they heard this entire story and they made me a scapegoat in this entire thing and told me that i was a problematic person and they did not do anything wrong and i could not like you know tolerate the pressure and everything and this is very normal in business fest you know you have to go through this pressure so pressure is one thing and abuse is one thing and uh I wasn't able to say them what exactly were they saying because I was unable to comprehend that I had done something wrong and there was an entire disciplinary committee against me that was set up but fortunately one of my cousins was a scientist in Manipal and he came to my rescue and he told them you guys have gone nuts and there's no need of this disciplinary committee and somehow I got saved but I was barred from the fest I started looking for opportunities in other colleges. I moved to spirituality completely. I started finding solace in my own company. I started reading a lot. I used to read a lot, but for the for the first time, I was reading for a purpose. And when I went to the other departments for opportunities, I got those opportunities and I converted them into victories. I people started knowing me. My department started feeling envious that I was going to the other departments and winning the face while my own department wasn't like giving me recognition. And things started changing in the department as well. These were the people who had. part me from the face and they started taking me for the face and by that time i was in second year so obviously things had changed also i got recognition that i wanted that i wanted to prove myself and i was proving myself and shutting those mouths but there was no happiness uh, every morning when i used to wake up i used to wake up with complete desolation 
I used to wake up with no sense of achievement. Even even the previous night, I had won something, but still, I I made myself to get out of bed. I used to go to food court early in the morning, read again for two hours. Somehow that used to make me feel really better. And then uh, after college, I used to go to Gurdwara there, and I used to indulge myself in langar and in gurbani and and everything else. Uh, I wasn't aware that there's something called therapy. I wasn't aware that there's something called counseling that I could take and that can heal me because Manipal was a very small town. And uh, but uh, by the time I was leaving that place, I received I had received so much love that I was getting farewell in three different colleges. I was getting farewell by my juniors, like you know, different, completely different stream who had no connection. And and they say God has a way of showing people what you have done to somebody and where they have reached. And those people who had done this to me, they were there watching this, and they were there while this was happening. And I had forgiven them for my own sake. And when you think about it, it changed my entire life. Everything that I did, the courses that I study, I studied social work, and uh, it was because I studied economics and social work. Basically, I started I did my master's in economics, and then studied psychology, social work because I wanted to move to humanities. I wanted to get acquainted with that kind of literature where they talk about injustices of every kind. And that was a time when I came across people who were kind, who were genuinely kind. I was at that period of my life when I was even scared of somebody's touch. And those people, when like every time some somebody used to touch me, even by mistake, it used to send shivers down my spine. I used to become completely numb. And they understood that there was something wrong. And they talked to me. They made me trust them. They made me. Uh, comfortable and i was able to talk to them and they normalized things for me they normalized the touch for me they normalized talking about this entire incident for me that was the time i came to know that there's something called therapy that i could take i started taking therapy and a lot of my issues started getting resolved whatever trauma that i was holding inside whatever had happened it really helped me to move on from that phase of my life and during that time only i founded mentoring and counseling services in my university for people who had gone through trauma or sexual abuse in the childhood or people who have been abused by their own relatives or any kind of molestation we openly talked about it through activities we used to have two sessions every week in in different classes like ranging from humanities to management to engineering and from different campuses it became such a rage that we were told by government of karnataka to hold these kind of sessions for nursing students as well and we did that those people could connect to us we realized that they have never talked about those issues to anybody and And that was our win because at least we were making people talk, and then we were getting them connected to psychologists as well as therapists in the National Institute of Mental Health Sciences as well as private therapists for people who could afford therapy. And that really changed things for like I still get messages from people like how how those sessions changed their life, and that was my redemption because when I had gone through something, I had nobody to hold me and tell me that it's going to be all right. At least me and people who were involved in this group, we were there for those people who wanted somebody to tell them it's all right. And uh, life has moved on like you know since then. I am not the same person I was five years back. and i have received love of a lot of people i trust people i see beauty in little things i see beauty in every person that passes my way and it has been a beautiful experience it has been a beautiful journey so everybody out there who have gone through this i just want to say this should not stop you from talking about it this should not stop you from seeking help you cannot let those people when who did that to you because this is exactly what they wanted to do to you to shut you up to make you meek and to make you weak one thing that i wrote in front of my study table when i was going through this phase it said 
and i want to tell everybody who's listening to this these are lines by wordsworth and he says hope smiles from the threshold of the years to come this spring it will be happier thanks a lot ash i'm speechless the first time i heard a part of your story i was almost in tears i didn't know the whole story i mean today you opened up thanks a lot for that it's going to help a lot of people and hats off to you you have been brave throughout how you came out of it how you showed it to them that masculinity is not defined by people around us that is what is toxic masculinity you can cry and you can be a man you don't have to hide your tears or shy away from your feelings to be a man you have done amazing work with the counseling where you made sure that people had at least someone to talk to and uh, i believe that's what we all are doing right now making sure that people who are going through this have someone to talk to have someone that understand them thanks a lot for joining us today arsh it was a pleasure to have you here Thank you. Thank you Leanne. Thank you for being such an amazing person. I I really hope that you know people learn something from this when they feel that they are down on their knees they have the will to stand up back on their feet and stand up for themselves whatever abuse be it physical emotional sexual mental they stand up for themselves and say no to it. That's it for today's episode guys. I'll be back in the next episode discussing the same topic as we have a child psychologist on board who would be explaining what child sexual abuse is, how can we prevent it, the impact of abuse on children, how can we discover if a child is being abused and how can a child heal and recover from this trauma. That's all for today guys. If you like this episode, please drop in a like and share with your friends. If you're new to my channel, please do subscribe to Love Life Lol by Leah and be a part of our amazing L3 community. You can find us on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Breaker, Pocket Casts, Radio Public and the list goes on and on and on. If you got something you want me to talk about or you want to be a part of the show, you can drop me a message on Instagram. My Instagram handle is given in the description, so yeah, do check it out. And um yeah, thank you for listening in. I'll see you next week same day same time till then this is leah signing off